five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to an agency podcast field trip. Field trip. That's right. <laughs> we are at Murphy's Law, That's right. which is a pub in the east end of Toronto. And I am at a table on a back patio with Candy Minx hello. and Dr. K. Cyanide. Hello, hello, hello. Great. It's great to be here. It's great to be in a, in a restaurant. I can't wait to order some pub food. Um, I've got a gin and tonic. Dr. K's got a couple of Budweiser. Because they don't serve blue. Right. And you would actually drink blue on he purpose? He does love blue. He loves blue. Uh-huh. Drink blue. And, don't um, you know how the song goes? I got a, I got a 12 and a 6 pack too. I drink 50 and I don't drink blue. You know who stumbling drunk. Yeah, stumbling yeah, drunk. Yeah, 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 I know Lopes. that. Yeah. He calls Lops. him Lopes. 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 And I call him Lopez. Lopes. Hey, Michael, if you're out there. Hi. Did you guys know each other down east? Yes, we did. Is oh, that crazy? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. All right. He he, he knew a couple of famous people out. out, Because Michael's famous. Hey, Lopez, you're famous. Uh, He knows a couple of of famous famous. people. Yeah. I was just talking to him online the other night. Good. Away. Good. So he's oh, doing, Sunday he's doing great up there in Gravenhurst, Ontario, yeah. yep. which is God's country. If you get a chance, follow Michael Phillips from Jughead, Lopes, Lopez. Lops. And if you find him, he does a Sunday concert every week. It's wonderful. Yeah. I don't know if he's still doing that during the summer because I think he's actually... He's probably playing now, he's right? He's playing at the cafes oh, and stuff. Oh, it's so and, great. Uh, Dancer yeah. That's good. I'm yeah. glad he's doing doing well yeah. up, up there. Yeah. You know, those guys played in my studio in the old casket factory on Niagara right. Street back in the day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, back in back the day. In the 90s. Yes, it was the end of that short period I'm going to call the wild years. <laughs> the wild years. Man, your place was a wreck after that party. Oh, yeah, I know. You, he so, probably had 100 people in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he, you had that champion banjo yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Did he actually teach you Chris, anything? Chris Quinn. Yeah, that's it. Thank right, Chris? Quinn. Yeah, Chris yeah. Quinn, yeah. He, Quinn. Well, who's Quinn was the, the washboard oh, there was guy. The No, no, Chris Quinn was the, 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 the Scruggs-style banjo picker. Yeah. He's a really good you player. Quinn or Pin? Quinn. 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 Yeah. Chris, with a Q. Chris Quinn yeah, with, with a Q. Q. You have a lisp. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Enunciate that I think, I think the, the scrub board player was Michael's... Mike, yeah. I forgot. Michael Smith. Smith, that's right. And the I, twins. And the, Quinn, the Queen the Smith. The Queen the twins. Queen twins, yeah. yeah. On accordion and uh, whatnot. Oh, they so, were great. Oh, they were so those guys, those guys played in my studio. Yes. And all was fine until <laughs> the next morning at about 5 p.m. when I woke up. And... There was no friends around to no. help me rebuild the joint, think, and the whole my whole studio just smelled like an ashtray. I think it Gidget was, and I were making our way back, but you'd already cleaned up by the time we whew, dragged our uh, sorry asses back. But there. that was a party. I didn't oh, need to hold on another one. Well, <laughs> that is an understatement. Yeah, that was that a party. was a party. Well, I don't actually know of any event in human history the Jughead played, including a funeral. Uh, that it wasn't a party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, they really yeah. had that energy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they had that back home, yep. too. Because I think half of them were all from oh, okay. back in the coast, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be very, very wrong. Maybe they're all just wannabe maritime. Do you ever go back to... I haven't been back in ages. I do uh, not anticipate going right, back anytime right, soon. Right, right, right. No. How come? Uh, Maybe everybody's gone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's another one. Hey, hey, boy, you've been away too long. You've been away too long. And that's 
Lops yeah. talking about going back after yeah. years and realizing everything had changed. He didn't know anyone, no one's around, and more importantly, no one knew who the fuck he was. Oh, and that's a real that blow to the Ooh. ego. And there's a few people that yeah. are stuck in a time loop or got ground sure. up by Toronto or Vancouver sure. and had to hightail yeah. it back. Yeah. And I, I think Bob, 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 Snyder, Bob Snyder moved back. Right. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. This is our server, Anya. Yes. And yeah, have I said your name right? Envy. 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 I, I had it. You had it wrong. You I had, had it wrong. I'm sorry. Well, that's because it's a weird name that we don't use all the time. It's a pretty name. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying there's nothing Very weird, weird about it. It's just, it doesn't well, go with you. the Carnegie method. Of, uh, oh, right. We better give you a, right. an agency podcast. So you know what we're recording. This Ooh. is what you're on. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the agency. Oh, my goodness. Are you, um, how long have you been working here? I've been here for a solid two months. Oh, really? Cool. Really I've fresh. Been okay. Fresh, fresh well, we've been, we've been coming here for a long time. I've been coming here 20 years. Oh, well, I used yeah. to bank there, and I don't yeah. think it's been here 20 years. Oh, it hasn't? Yes. When, how long has it been here? I think we're going on 18 years of the okay. existence of Murphy's All right, 18 Law. years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then it was a steak knife shop, right. and then it was actually a steak joint, and before that it was a bank. Right. Penny Lane, of which we're on right now, is named oh. actually not after the song. But it was named after a dude's mom who lived above the oh, bank forever. Wow! And he petitioned uh, the city, and she was so well known and loved that they named it Penny Lane. I love it. But now the signs say Penny La because all the fucktards keep getting all hooched <laughs> up stealing the goddamn sign. Do you think I have one of them Penny in La. my bunker? No. 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 So one of these days That's I'll, end, you didn't I'll think of it. I'll end up with Penny La. <laughs> no. Oh, oh shit. I love it. I love what I'm a part of. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for including me. Yeah. Well, you're, you're very, very welcome. Very welcome. Thanks for taking care of yeah. us. I'm going to have another right and a shot of Jameson's. Jameson's. Thank you. Is that a Jameson's one shot? Or are we doing any? Just one else? shot. Oh, yeah. ready. We'll do that. What about you? For now. Well, I'm going to pace myself because I'm going to have to. Designated driver? I'm the designated driver. Okay. So yeah. I'll have a shot with you after, after yeah. this. All right. All right. If I start getting into the Jameson's, then the car's going to have to We're just stay sleep. there. That's and right. We'll just sleep there in the car. Oh, that's workable, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least. Okay, now, yeah, uh, yeah let's, when did you start writing poetry? As a, as a teen? No, no, prior to that. Uh, prior to that. Uh, yeah, it would have been about eight or oh, wow. eight, nine. And, I mean, it, was, it wasn't particularly good, obviously. <laughs> Details. As a matter of fact, one could argue it's still not particularly very good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, very, I speak well, English very good. Uh, but it, it was toying with words as a way to express feelings that I didn't quite understand mm-hmm. at that time. And then uh, I got turned on to Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. And not just because of the horror, but his poetry hit me in a way early. I was like, what the hell is this? Now, because I was raised in a biblical fashion, mm-hmm. his work hit me. I was it, it was accessible to me because if you've studied Bible from the age that you yeah. started to learn how to read, there is a rhythmic and lyrical and allegorical yep. aspect to it, and uh, and that that's what unlocked Poe. And oddly enough, I didn't discover Edgar Allan Poe uh, in the written word. It was on a radio play. Oh wow! And uh, hence, you know, my love of radio goes back to forever. Yeah. You know, I, I, I seem to remember being six or seven with a a fishing pole out and listening to ball games and. Uh, 
which I guess we got Boston at that time, but mm-hmm. anything we saw on TV was uh, generally the Orioles. Oh. Which was weird, because yeah. I guess they had a blackout on uh, for the Boston games. So we got oh. Baltimore. Hence, until 1977, I was an Orioles fan. <laughs> All right. And, I uh, yeah, yeah, I hate to admit that, but uh, fortunately, you know. That's cool. And then, of course, you know, and there's lots of pictures of me with my... Blue Jays shirt on in the inaugural year, and that was it. Yeah. That was my team. Right. And our, uh, I'm going to use this very carefully, our dislike of Montreal, including the Canadians, but that extended to the Expos. Oh. Uh, you know, that, that, that was ingrained in, right. in our part of the world. So you either, uh, you either supported Boston or, you know, Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. That's how they say Chicago. Chicago. Fuck it. No, it's not my accent. Saying, There's no R in that. I mean, what the hell's wrong? It's not Chicago. But then, you know, I speak with a. I'm sorry, I'm rambling no, away okay. again. Here we go. That's rambling then, you know, is what we do. <clears throat> I speak with a twang when I get drunk, and it's called the Moosehead Twang. <laughs> and it's because my father's family were all uh, transport truck drivers. All oh, yeah. listen to country music uh-huh. and all down through the southern states. Uh-huh. So my love of wrestling, my twang, and ultimately what I guess would uh, you know later in life turn into a great love of country, traditional bluegrass, mm-hmm. all stemmed from from this childhood from my father's side. Ah. And uh, so, but we all speak with a twang. You know, when I was a kid. My dad used to take me and my Salute. buddy. Salute. Cheers. Ah, we'd go to the wrestling. Wrestling. And oh, I remember so we went to Lamport Stadium. This it was it was the best that we went to see yeah, lots. I bet Lamport. We, we saw Lord Athelaton at yeah. the Blue Gardens and Whipper <laughs> yeah. Billy Watson yeah. right. and wow. Haystacks Calhoun and like all those guys. Yeah. Um, but at Lamport Stadium, they had it was the chic. Versus Dory Funk Jr. Junior. And my dad got tickets for me and my buddy, and he came with us. And my dad had this you know, small business making windows, aluminum windows, and he worked these super long hours. He was dog tired, but he dragged his ass down there and yeah. then fell asleep. So we're yeah. in the seats, and he's reclining, and his, his mouth yeah. is open, and he's yeah. snoring. And everyone's wondering, how can this guy be asleep? Why? Because yeah. the Sheik was in the ring, and he was... He was bowing to Mecca, and his his manager there, uh, Abdul Farouk, was there with the feds happening. And then Dory Funk Jr. comes into the he leaps into the ring, and he whips off his championship belt, and he starts beating the Sheik upside the head with the belt, man. And there's blood is going. Everywhere, yeah. blood's going everywhere, wow. and the sheik, you think he's down and out, but no, no, no. no. he has a foreign object yeah. in his shoe this. that everybody in the audience, everybody except the referee, could see. He's got the foreign object, <laughs> uh, and you know what that, that means? That ref was good though. I more mean, uh, blood, more blood. There's blood everywhere, yeah. and then the two of them went spilling out of the ring, yeah. beating the and crap out of each other. Through? Yeah, he slept through everything, <laughs> and then they disqualified the boat of them. Yeah. The boat of them. Ah, oh, man. Wow. That was an event. Yes. That was an event, and so, yeah. and so the Sheik never got to be the, the champion because... 
Well, because they both got disqualified. Yeah, on that night. On, on that, that night, night. Yeah. yes, on that night. Well, I'm pretty and then sure, sure the Sheik held the belt at one point in time. He had yeah. to have. Uh, Must have. Matter of fact, I'm quite sure that it was uh, Hulk Hogan who took the belt off of the Sheik. Did he right. not eventually? Mm. I don't know. Oh, I, don't I, know. I was probably I probably exited that, My, that yeah. game. By that I point. watched wrestling too, but it wasn't by choice. It's because in small town Canada. It was often that there was no choice about what you watched on TV. Yeah. You turned on the TV, that was your channel. Yeah. And sometimes wrestling was on, and I'd well, be like, you also Ugh. stayed with me for a while, and oh, you yeah. worked at a bar that I frequented, well, so that's of course I, you're going to be watching a lot of wrestling. That's when I actually adopted wrestling. I'm talking yeah. about being a small child. Right. Where I watched it, and I would be like, ugh. Yeah. And I didn't want to watch it. I wanted my animal shows or something. But when I worked at Strats, I got into it because you and Matthew told me that it was male soap opera. Oh, without a doubt. And then I went, oh, and I decided to start to study wrestling, and I really got into it, and I still, I swear to God, I still want to write a script on it. Oh, my, my dad yeah. used to, he used to play poker with Nan Joe Singh, yes. who claimed to live underneath the ring yeah. in Maple yeah. Leaf Gardens. Yeah. Yes. And, and he had a deal with, they had a guy who was, well, first of all, I'd say, dad, is wrestling real? He'd say, oh, yeah, son, the yeah. guy who's yeah. supposed to win always wins. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks, Dad. I, I appreciate that. So they had a guy who was the gopher, and he would, like, you know, look after all the wrestlers, who my father always said, remember, son, they travel on the same bus. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? So, I, oh, okay. Thanks, Dad. So they didn't later, though. No. Oh, yeah? No, they they when WWF really started to break things down. Well, it became more of a machine then, right? Yeah. yeah. So the bad guys, I mean... This was before they had to finally admit that it was sports entertainment, mm-hmm. which I believe was more for insurance and business purposes than anything else. An exhibition else. of strength and science. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A contest of will. Uh, based on intestinal fortitude. You guys have the decoder yeah. rings. Uh, yeah. My dad so, said that Nanjo yeah. had, had the gopher, who was like the kid who looked right. after everybody on the bus. His job was his job was he he would have crutches and he would be the crippled kid yeah. and he would like go he would have an autograph book and he'd go with his crutches up to Danjo and he'd hold out the autograph book and Nanjo would kick the crutches yeah. and the kid would fall down yeah. and the crowd would go wild because <laughs> that's, that's a good good that's a good stick good well, that's a, that is a name as you remember I saw, saw blah, sent you a great article about uh, that gentleman and it's a name that has been all but forgotten. Nancho? Yeah. 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 But you have to be hardcore wrestling historian. To know him? Really hardcore Toronto wrestling yeah. historian yeah. to know him. But it's a beautiful history. It's a pretty cool history. I watched a great documentary. I can't remember. Was it Randy Hart? Who was the documentary? The Canadian guy. Hart? Brett. Or Brett. Or Stu. Yeah, it was the, on their family. It was on their family. It was amazing. Um... I guess it was probably called Heart to Heart or something. I don't even remember. Well, what I'm seeing is that maybe it was called Heart Still Beating. But I feel like I saw an older version. What? Heart Still Beating about the Heart family? Oh, okay. I don't know. It was an incredible documentary. I, well, maybe, it's an incredibly I think it sad it. story. It is a sad story. Uh, but it's an incredibly wonderful story. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it, And that... Uh, you'd be hard-pressed not to find... With the exception of how Owen passed away mm-hmm. in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it wasn't because of the ring. No. 
but it was because of a mechanical accident or, you know, that, that's open to dispute. We'll right. never know. Right. I was watching that real time on pay-per-view. Oh, wow. Uh, bootleg pay-per-view back yep. in the day. Yep. And, uh, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> allegedly, that's right. Yeah. Ted Rogers, so what happened? if you're listening to me from beyond the grave, you overcharging so he mongrel prick. Yes. Suck my all, dick. They all feel that about Rogers. He, uh, he died in the ring? He was coming to the ring from the rafters on a zip line. A zip line, of it, course. <laughs> it either malfunctioned or he pulled it too quickly. We'll never know for sure. Uh, but he fell about, I guess it would be 25, 20 feet on the ring post in his sternum heart area. Ugh. Oh. And it's uh, Ouch. terrible. They obviously... Uh, you Did know, they turn off the cameras right away? Well, they quickly went away yeah. from from yes, yes. the ring and uh, JR was announcing you know, Jim Ross yeah. uh, I believe Jerry the King Lawler was there but my memory is not anyway they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they knew what happened yes they could tell yeah. well sh- yeah. everyone knew everyone and knew. they I, um, well, it's a horrible story because the medics tried to revive him but sure. I think that may have even been a work Oh. Until they could get someone in there to remove him, because they right. they knew right on the spot, sure, what had happened. And uh, so, but there have been you know uh, many many deaths in ring and outside of the ring. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man's father, passed away in the ring when he was a young man, really? a heart attack. Uh, it's happened from neck injuries, you know, again, blown sternums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually saw King Kong Bundy break. Andre the Giant's sternum, and that was at the gardens. Really? Yeah, and Andre survived it, but, yeah. he, you yeah. know, that, you can't tell me that didn't hurt the big guy. Oh, God. Oh, and yeah. poor Bundy felt like, like shit yeah. until he died uh, about that, because he was actually a very, very, very nice man. Well, yeah. you don't want yeah. to actually hurt anybody. No, so of course you don't, and uh, it was very rare that you would go out there and actually hurt someone, and if you did it as a young'un, or even as a, a, you know, an old seasoned vet, if you went and hurt someone that the booker thought was a draw, you, you know, one of the enforcers was going to go in there and mess you up bad the next night. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do it backstage. They'd do it in the ring. They'd embarrass you. Mm-hmm. So, ah. you know, Dr. Death Schultz, you know, Dr. D, or Arn Anderson, uh, you know, so it's no different than Wayne Gretzky. You okay. fuck with the star. Oh, sure. He and all of a sudden, someone's coming oh, yeah. out there to pummel the living crap right. out of you. Which is it. why hockey sucks these days. <laughs> yeah, Wayne yeah. Gretzky, no one was going to go near him. No. no. You went by Mario Lemieux. Yeah. It was a little different because Mario, well, one of the greatest things, I, I one of the greatest Mario moments ever was, I, I sadly, I cannot remember the player, but he was just being a pest and hacking at Mario's uh, ankles yeah. through his skates yeah. on the boards yes, coming yes. down the ice and then Mario finally threw his stick down and this was very uncharacteristic of Mario yeah. spun around and whapped the guy like a fly because <laughs> you know, Mario big guy and he, he's got a temper when he goes too but he yeah. knows better and you know he was brought up just like hey you're the marquee player here you can't right, do right, stuff like that right because right. we you need know, you safe well we need you safe you're a marketing uh, a yeah. tool, yeah. and you're an inspiration to kids, kids so yeah. you got to kind of live up right. to these things. Right. 
And that's a lot of athletes don't get that these days. No. Hey, it's kind of yeah. interesting how mainstream wrestling... I mean, I know it was mainstream, but it's kind of amazing the crossover into movies of wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot now. Well, I mean, you know, let's go right back to Plan 9 from Outer Space, Tor oh. Johnson. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, who was a wrestler. Oh, really? And, uh, wasn't a very good Stop actor, it. but uh, that's oh, how he got in there. That's so interesting so, to me because of Roddy Doyle going in They Live. That's Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh, Roddy Roddy Piper. What did I call Rowdy him? Roddy oh, Piper. Yeah. Doyle is a writer. I've got, I've got my... What are my, you doing? I, I'm so sorry. talk See? to me, candy mix. I've, I've never... you give no. me bad information, I've, I've never had two drinks. Brain. I've never had two drinks. Uh, you know, one day I was at... It's my, two gin and tonics no, I've had. Way, by the way, for the record... I am not speaking to a woman like that. <laughs> I am speaking to my friend Candy like that, who is quite capable of smacking me That's clear it. upside the head and has done so many times <laughs> when I'm speaking at a turn over the years. But when someone says something, you know that I guy from that you know that guy from the Piper. film? You Roddy know Piper. the dude from from you know the dude and and that film's got the song that goes do 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 and it's got that that girl and, and there's a car. I know that's me these days. Well, when people do that to me, I want to not self-emulate them. I want to emulate them. Or I don't even know. I'm not even sure what the right it's word is. It's really hard. Well, just set them on fire yeah. and roll them in a wheelchair <laughs> down in front of a dead film critic or something. <laughs> dead no. film critic. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a storage space down oh, at... Oh, don't uh, talk to me. Don't. Talk I think it was down at the story space. Down at the foot of Strawn Avenue. Oh. Yes. It was the one that had the Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket uh -huh. in the parking lot. Yeah. That's yeah. the storage yeah. space. Yeah. And I went in there because I had to give them some new checks or something. Uh, and I looked up and who was in line in front of me to deal with the clerk, but none other than Sweet Daddy Seeky. Oh, yeah. And I looked up and I thought yeah. I I saw it. That's Sweet Daddy Seeky. And yeah. when I was a kid, he was a big deal because yeah. he's he still would, a big deal. He would whack people upside the head with his head. <laughs> yeah. With his head. Yeah. Yeah. Like a cocoa bonk, yeah. he called it that. Well, yeah. And and that he, was actually Bobo Brazil. They had oh. the cocoa bomb. Yeah, the cocoa bomb. What yeah. it was? What did Sweet Daddy? Sweet, he also well, whacked people well, with the head. Well, he would if he had to. If someone tried to whack him in the head. He'd do a, a version of the Coco Bud. But so, Bobo Brazil. So I wanted to say, you're him. <laughs> but oh, I yeah. stopped myself from saying, you're oh, him. You should have. And he I thought, I know, he probably would have appreciated it. But I was like, oh, Mr. Love. Cool, I don't know. I don't yeah, know who this guy yeah. in front of me. Well, I worked at an animal hospital, and it was a yeah. big thrill when once a month or so, Sweet Daddy yeah. would pull up in his purple hearse and his yeah. partner, and they had like 20 cats or something, or 10 cats, <laughs> and they would come into the right. animal hospital. We, so let, like let me tell you, amazing. Oh, I, I could talk about Sweet Daddy for hours. I've known him now for over 35 years. Wow. And uh, there is in Toronto, Diane Walton, who's a semi-famous photographer in, well, I'm not gonna say semi, I, 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 she's okay. famous in famous. the East End and in Toronto, yeah. okay. and maybe the rest of the world, I don't know. But she's very famous in our parts. And she took this, she takes beautiful portraits of people. And she okay. got this one of Sweet Daddy Seeky, and my lady, 
even though she's not talking to me right at the okay, moment. Fair enough. Details. Uh, well, yeah, de- that's nothing new. When she finds out but, you're famous on a podcast. Oh, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. She'll yeah, start yeah, talking yeah. to you yeah. again. You wonder why I don't go back to Halifax. You know, hopefully <laughs> no one in Halifax has any working Wi-Fi or Internet. They're so backwards. Oh, they don't. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, see, this is a wrestling thing. Go and insult the city you're wrestling in if you're a right. heel. Okay. Oh, and, and we can talk heel. about Rowdy Roddy Piper All for right, a second. Thanks. But... Sweet Daddy Seeky, black and white, huge, beautiful portrait of yeah. that old, beautiful, oh, grizzled face. a beautiful face. man. And she's got it right over her bed. Oh, I love it. So, yeah. you know, you'd be getting down and busy in there, oh, Sweet God. Daddy Seeky, looking down at me, who I've known all these years. You go, get it. Well, it get sounds it. like you should do anything in your power to be really nice get to get that it. woman. Don't you? Don't, don't, don't make me. Don't make me drop you on your head again, <laughs> Kenny. I don't want to do no that. No pressure. But, 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 but listen, but listen here. Wasn't Sweet break, Daddy break, a, a West End guy? Or oh, is he, he was West, West End, and he's still West yeah. End, but he's out at the Duke now, and uh, it's coming back oh, now that we're open. Well, he does the karaoke, and oh, he sings you, the songs. you got to go there when Sweet oh, Daddy yeah. is doing karaoke. albums are great, and he... We'll have to do another field trip yeah, when Sweet Daddy oh, is doing yeah. his thing. Oh, my God, yes. yeah. Happily. And I got to... Get him on your podcast. Yeah, yes, I bet he has some stories. He has more now. Because we're going on about the Black Lives Matter, not in this podcast, but it's still an issue... Here we're talking about one of the true vanguard. I mean, he's Ally? right up there with Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Ali. Mm-hmm. And he was there as a black man in the South. Mm-hmm. And he's from Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, at least as far as... Yeah, he's Texas. And uh, originally. Yeah. And on CBC Gem or the internet, find... The documentary about Sweet Daddy Seeky, because yeah. it is a fascinating. You do not have to be a wrestling fan. This I is a sociological. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a must see, and he's still alive because he was never involved in the nonsense that okay. so many other wrestlers were. Right. And I say right now, and I'm not going to tell you how old Sweet Daddy no, is because no, I don't want to get smacked for real if he happens to hear this. Right. He can still whip the crap out of me. <laughs> no, he, and he's he is a great still, DJ he, at a karaoke night at oh, the Duke. And the Duke a, is a bar that, yeah. uh, it's an old yeah. school, old timey bar mm. on Queen Street East, right at... Uh, Whipper Billy Watson's funeral. Yeah. I'm outside because I didn't think I belonged. I was in the foyer. Sweet daddy's kitty. Get over here. Get inside. Oh. Yeah, you know, Killer Kowalski and Gene Kaninsky. Wow. You know, wow. So that was a day. Uh, and Whipper, you know, it's, uh, and sadly, I must confess, I never got to see Whipper Billy Watson wrestle live. I did. To my oh knowledge. My I God. did. I yeah. saw him wrestle live. Yep. Yeah. ridiculous. I really don't recall unless he came through the Maritimes before when, I was When seven. I saw him, it was like it was right near the end of his career. And he was like one of like the tail end of the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who he wrestled, yeah. but he dispatched him. <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah. But uh, the charity work that he did was just out of this world. Um, he was. He did a lot of work. He was for the, a the Freemason. Timmy's, the yeah. Timmy's yeah, kid, there, right? There, yeah. He was a Freemason. Oh, really? So he was heavily involved with some Masonic charities mm-hmm. earlier in his life. Right. I cannot confirm later. what he did later in life, but I suspect that he, there's no way he couldn't have been in Toronto at that time that he was active. All right. And uh, right. that being said, I'm sure if uh, anyone from the Knights of Columbus or anyone else had reached out to him. 
from what I understand of the man, he would have been there for him regardless. That's, that's, he was like Johnny Bauer that way. Oh, cool. Didn't care, and he was always You know, there. Johnny Bauer lived around the corner from us. Uh, lived around the corner. I went to school with sure his... he didn't live under the ice at the Maple no, Leaf Gardens? No, 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 no. He didn't. I, I went to school with his, his daughter. Uh, Maybe uh, that was Davey Keon. His daughter. Uh, he had two daughters, Barbie and Cindy. Uh, Barbie was my age. Cindy was, I think, a year older. Uh-huh. And John Jr. was a few years older than that. Okay. And one day... It's my only Johnny Bauer story. Johnny Bauer comes over to our, our, our place and he yeah. knocks on the door and he asks my dad to teach him how to fly cast because oh, he's going to be on cool. the Red Fisher show. Oh my God, Red Fisher Red show. Red Fisher show. And so my dad taught Johnny Bauer how to fly cast <laughs> in the middle of our street so he wouldn't be embarrassed <laughs> That's on wicked. the Red Fisher show. I love it. So back to wrestling for a minute. I remember as a kid watching a tag team operation with two dudes who had they had like the goatee and the mustache thing happening and they had psychedelic tights and they were hartford and reginald the love brothers can you tell me all about them do you know their deal not a lot but one of the love brothers went and became the, the boogie woogie man and uh, oh, so he was like a wrestler on his own without his brother. Well, yeah, every oh, okay. tag team eventually goes solo. That's just the way it is. Oh, Usually really? against their partner. That's that's oh, a big draw. Somebody yeah, turns heel. And uh, but more importantly, uh, Mick Foley in in current time now semi well pretty much retired, known mm-hmm. as Mankind, uh-huh. known as Cactus Jack, Bing Bang, and uh, <laughs> also known as Dude Love. And there's footage of him as a young teenager jumping off of the backs of, uh, you know, garages and stuff oh. as the dude love persona. And that was heavily influenced by the Love Brothers, who were not uh, particularly well-chiseled individuals. And uh, as Mick Foley himself likes to say, you know, I had the haagen physique. <laughs> uh, but Mick Foley is also regarded as one of the greatest hardcore wrestlers, period, of any era. And uh, for you people out there who don't follow wrestling or are still listening, just because you enjoy <laughs> listening to people babble, uh, the truth of the matter is, The Undertaker put him through a cage oh, in a Hell in a Cell match. And then Foley, despite putting his teeth through his cheek, and being well buggered up from this uh, this bump, goes back on the top of the cage and gets thrown off of it again <laughs> through the announcer's table. That happens, you know. That does oh, happen. Well, yeah. shit does happen. Yeah. However, that was some insane, insane, insane performance nonsense where Mark Callis, Callis Callis, you know, The Undertaker, yep. really thought he had killed Mick Foley by mistake. <laughs> Because you could hear the ties on the, the cage going, and he realized, oh, my God, one of us is going, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, and uh, it, it's one of the greatest moments in modern wrestling, if not all of wrestling. And thank the good Lord, Mick Foley survived that. Uh, that could have been another unfortunate story like we were talking about earlier. But, you know, so anyway, that, uh, he was inspired by the Love Brothers. And... Uh, good time to talk about uh, what uh, I'm saying this wrong body positivity. Yes. 
we went into an era where, uh, you know, the, the wrestlers became human superheroes just, just, you know, through serious training and the use of perhaps some enhancing drugs. Probably. Uh, yeah, Allegedly. yeah. I mean, well, there's Although no, in some yeah. cases, like Haystacks I mean, Calhoun, no. he may have been training yeah. on beer. Yeah. And I'm very happy that you, you actually say haystacks. You, you know. Well, I yeah. went, my dad yeah. Yeah. took me and my buddy yeah. Yeah. to see Haystacks Calhoun vs. Yeah. The Sheik yeah. in, a, in a Texas cage match. Because they call it a Texas cage, cage match because anything can happen Texas in Texas, match. right? I mean, yeah. it was a, they had a cage, and right. they gave each of them a hickory club. <laughs> and then the idea was they were going to whack each other yeah, with that, the that, club. That sounds but, more like a hurley game. <laughs> but somehow or other, yeah. like nobody got yeah. hurt. Yeah. yeah. And some still, the sheik managed to pull out a foreign object from oh, his course, shoe. He's a, he is a that foreign object. That was his deal. Uh, he well, always had a foreign object in his shoes. Yeah. So his his uh, grandson nephew. Oh man, I gotta double check this. But uh, there's another insane wrestler, Sabu, who was actually family of the Sheik. Oh not yeah. The, not the Iron Sheik, the Sheik, and he's just as nuts. Is as, it true uh, that he had a used camel lot in Detroit? I, I heard that. I don't know. <laughs> used car lot he may very well have had. Abdullah the butcher uh, runs. Uh, I think he had not only laundromats, but he had his rib ribs and chicken joint. And, uh, you know. you got to have a side hustle. Oh, i I got to go there because I hear the food's great. And I, I have a, somewhere there is a picture of in existence of my daughter stabbing Abby in the head with a plastic fork when she was just, you know, like, I don't know, six or seven. I said, what the fuck are you doing taking Vanessa to see Abdullah the Butcher in a bar? <laughs> well, it's all ages. Well, no, you don't take Abdullah. The, oh, anyway, I love Abby, and to this day, she still remembers it fondly. And he was, of course, just a gentleman. And, of course, Vanessa knows Sweet Daddy as well. Right. And she's met several wrestlers through yeah. me over the years at the house, you know, in, just in the world. And yeah. It's the way things were, you know. And I guess uh, in this case, when Nash and Slash your great uncle, Yep. You know, people are going to be dropping by, right. so you know, not to drop <laughs> did they, names. Did a lot of the wrestlers know Nash? Well, yeah, we both knew him. Because uh, he, he loved them too? Well, Nash and I would sit front row ringside Damn. at Maple Leaf Gardens since, Shit. I'd say, 1987 to 1991, wow. Cool. And even if he was on tour, I'd be there, you know, because yeah. I'd, I'd stay behind unless it was just local tours. Right. We, we wouldn't miss, miss the wrestling. And the only reason that happened, and it's worth noting, is uh, there's a very famous uh, promoter, David Bluestein. Uh, he was heavily involved with Brockham, which is a merchandising company. But uh, we were going back to the beginning because <laughs> Labatt's Blue. Well, we got in the Labatt's Blue Box. Okay. All you could drink, all you could eat, free wrestling, nice. up in the rafters. I, well, bet they, I bet they had 50. Well, Nash and I, the ring was gone, and we're yeah. still there, and the oh, two hostesses uh, are trying to get us out of the gardens. <laughs> so, uh, we were never invited back was to the Was he in regalia? The no, 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 no. No, no, no. He no, went no. straight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. but we got 
bejesus oh, hammered. And we had a great, and we were actually genuinely interested in seeing them take the ring down. Yes. Uh, after that, Blues said, uh, look, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll make sure there's some tickets for you down at the box office because you're not welcome, at, you, know, you and that Dr. K guy. Wow. It ain't happening. Out, you got kicked out of a box. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get kicked. No, we got banned, banned. from the, you know, okay. we were politely told never to return. But it turns out there was a huge Nash fan working in the box office that knew him oh. way back. So he said, these tickets suck. It's and good up, to have connections. He upgraded us, and then forever we had... I honestly never met the guy, don't know his name, right, right. but we had front row seats. Wow. wow. And then uh, and then I discovered, you know, the dressing room wasn't really a dressing room. It was where the hockey players were, and so I, I spent a good part of that chatting with wrestlers out in the, oh, in, the, out in the area. Whatever, yeah. No, it just in there in the laneway. Oh, cool. But most people weren't allowed. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Anyway, that's where I met Andre. Oh. So I, you know, I can I, it's, I can attest to just how big and wonderful, oh. even as a bad guy. And <laughs> remember I was saying, you know, the bad guys back then, uh, uh, Bad News Brown is one that comes to mind. and says, oh, can you sign my card for me? He says, no. He says, come on, <laughs> Mr. Allen, sign it for me. You know, I've been watching your fights from Japan. And he says, looks at me with a big smile and says, Look, you know how it works. I'm a bad guy. I'll get, I'll get you next time. You know? Whereas Andre, who was a bad guy at that time, refused to tow the company line. So if any kid or any person approached him, you know, Vince couldn't say to him, don't sign an autograph. So he was a bad guy, but he was a good guy at heart. Well, he was a performing as a bad guy right, at that yeah. time because they needed someone to go against you got, well yeah you gotta yeah. have bad guys sometimes well yeah you have to yeah. you know did I mean? you ever write poetry about wrestling how do you reconcile well, i wrote a book called vindictive emotions and i actually included a whole bunch of the ticket stubs and and in the back cover was a picture of me in front of a the steel cage where randy savage and the million dollar man Ted DiBiase went at it, and it was such a big event. And, uh, yeah, so it, it was poetry done in wrestling rant style, which uh, a lot of people think i probably not progressed by a hell of a lot in <laughs> times, but uh, I believe I have. And there was uh, one poem in there in particular they published in The Sun. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was The Ballad of Iron Mike, and Iron Mike Sharp, is uh, a wrestler's third or second generation out of Hamilton, Ontario. Sadly, no longer with us. And the whole thing about Iron Mike Sharp is, is he never won a match. And, uh, and, and okay, so anyway, I wrote this this poem about them and they published it. I would hope you get paid anyway. Oh, no, no, he was well-loved, good job. Big guy, solid as can be, and wonderful guy. But It's like, we all you know, like Mike, but we don't let him win. Right. Well, no, someone's got to lose. So, I mean, <laughs> anyone you're trying to push, you, you put them in against, right. you know, a jobber. Sure. And this is the thing. Boxing Day was tradition back then when we yeah. were sitting. Yeah. Everybody would come to the gardens. Doesn't matter. Hulk Hogan, doesn't matter who the star was. Really? They would be there because that was their meeting to go out to the other territories oh. and hit the holiday shows and stuff. And usually a matinee because the guys were going to try and hit somewhere else that night or at least the next morning oh. further away. Iron Mike's uh, opening 
second second match on the bill, and I can't even remember who the hell he fought, but he won. They gave him a Christmas present, <laughs> and wow. Iron Mike Sharp won. Wow. And the guard, you could have sworn that, you the know. The crowd went wild? Oh, the crowd went berserk. Berserk, you know, it could have been Hulk Hogan or anyone winning the, you know, the, the, the world championship belt. And Mike, is the look on his face, and I, I remember, he's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> oh, oh, I got to celebrate. Ah! You know? <laughs> and it was, you know, that's the beauty the beauty moments of wrestling and, I, and i've had so many of them we could talk for hours and hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours well tell me about roddy piper who's in one of my favorite movies they live yeah I and i it. saw that movie by accident it was on pay tv in my apartment and um i started watching it and i went what the hell it's one of the greatest movies i've ever seen i absolutely love it to this day great science fiction um, well, he's better in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, <laughs> I think, one of the greatest sci-fi films ever. I had a Rowdy Roddy Piper story, didn't oh, I? Oh, you did, yeah. But I, I can't remember what the hell it okay. is right at the moment. All right. Sorry. That's okay. All right, tell us, let's switch gears completely. How do you write a poem? This was your yeah. question. How do you have, how, how, how do you, you write a poem? How, how, how do you fuck? Poem? How do you have sex? How do you make love? Know. How do you make a painting? How do you write well, I was, a poem? I was hoping that was going to help me for painting. Yeah. Because I go into the studio and I'll look around at the paintings that I've done. Yeah. And I'll, 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 I'll think, how did I do those? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if I had some advice and yeah. I knew how you're supposed to start, I would, I would know what to do. Eugene Napick, stop fucking painting. I've tried. I've tried. I, I could quit any time. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, I can't any more than you can yeah. doing what you're doing. No. What I do, and this is why I don't like reading live, but I have to do it every now no. and then. I don't write lyrical poems or rhyming poems or meter poems because they cannot. It's not a medium that I can express what I'm feeling. So... Like an abstract painter goes, you know, well, what were you feeling there? And you've got to come up with something for the public. That's but right. you know what you were feeling because you're feeling it as you're writing it or as you're painting yes, exactly. it. Sorry. That's exactly true. And what I do is that. And if you I, could say it, I wouldn't have to make the goddamn painting, right? <laughs> well, I, well, hold on. Yeah, you do. Because there's a lot of people who don't know how to paint and don't know how to put things into words. Yet they're feeling something, and out yeah. of the blue, they'll look at a painting, and they don't have to be some snobby ass motherfucking art cricket. Uh, cricket, yeah, an oh, art cricket. Art cricket. Yeah, chirp, 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 chirp. You know, that, that understands everything. Right. If they feel it, and it resonates with a thought that they had in them, oh my God, this person has captured the love, the confusion, the. The Everything the un, yeah. unexpressible feeling of something. Well, well, that's what we do, and that's what I do, yeah. and I, I I have. I'm to, with you. Know, you. Yeah, I, I, I get. So that. you know, this this is I believe why art has always been important. But the society we're living in is such that that art has to change with it. And so much has been done before us. And you, you want to talk about films. Why do we, you know, at our, our age? I don't even think it's our age. People who are nine years old watching films go, I've seen all this. <laughs> I've seen all this. 
they're already bored with the story. Right. That uh, is true. And it's, you know, if you want to work with linear uh, methodology, yeah, okay. it, it's, uh, that's fine. There's going to be uh, uh, an audience for, uh, dare I say, probably a market. But uh, that ain't art. That's, that's not art. That, that's uh, spam. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with, no, you know, yeah, yeah, Stephen King said that, you know, I write salami, but I write good salami. Yeah. And every now and then, Stephen King, out of nowhere, goes into his artistic side yes. Yes. And, and knocks one out of the park where, yeah. you know, the, the spam crowd goes, Ugh. And uh, the artists go, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. I'm not, so I'm not taking a pot shot at Steven at all. I wouldn't dare. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially he's one of Romero's best friends. Right. Know, so God bless right. him. Right. Uh, la, 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 la. Where are we going with? So how do I write a poem? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's, it's all in one shot. Sometimes it'll take me Use years. a pen and paper? I have in the past. I don't as much anymore because I found, especially during COVID, and I haven't actually finished. Well, that's not true. I finished a couple poems during COVID, and I released one book right at the beginning. Yeah. But uh, generally, for the last year, I've just been studying and floundering like so many other people and uh, working on bits and pieces, Mm. which... um, it's not unlike how I normally write, but normally I wouldn't take so long to finish them. Okay. But I have concepts from 25 years ago that I still have in a file that I'm working with, and I, I can't, I can't do the idea justice. Uh, one of them is Ghosts of Yorkville, uh, oh. about the old hippies yeah. and, and yeah. all the cool people who were there and how that has changed. Boy, is it ever. I cannot finish that work at this time because Yorkville is changing so fast and I'm still learning more about it and I'm still meeting the ghosts that are there. Uh, you know, so I'm a ghost in many ways. No, I, I'm a ghost in many ways in that, you know, I go to places where they've changed so much no one knows who I am mm-hmm. we were talking about this earlier but going back to Halifax yeah. you know I, I, I would I don't even know if I'd be a ghost right I may not even be that right you know right. I may have to fuck off to Dartmouth to be a ghost <laughs> and that's an insult <laughs> sweet Jesus you know? famous in Dartmouth oh yeah 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 that, that, that that's what I want on my fucking tombstone <laughs> yeah. I've been in Dartmouth once I went with the company I was working for at the time, and a couple of me and a couple other people were sent to train some people. I was working for the post office, yeah. and on the uh, on the cusp of Windows, they bought a DOS-based time and attendance system that was completely unmanageable. DOS. Yeah. Yeah, it was like really old school, and they sent us down to Halifax to train people on on how to use this thing. Jesus Christ. And we one of the guys said he heard about a country bar in Dartmouth and we gotta go to this country bar. Stern Wheeler? I don't remember what it's called, but I remember this. If you had anything on your person you had to check it at the door. Yeah. That's and, Stern Wheeler. And you go in there and it's like 
about one third military dudes, okay. about yeah. one third hookers, and about one third everybody yeah. else. Yeah. And sex workers. Excuse me, sex workers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and and um, round about one thirty in the morning. The cop cars show up in front of the bar. <laughs> and I asked somebody, how come all the cop cars have showed up? And they said, well, that's for the fight. Yeah. Well, what fight? Oh, it just hasn't started yet. Yeah. It will. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, and, and so the yeah. cops were there to stop or to, you know, to haul yeah. people away. Minority the report. Yeah. They already knew that. That's it. Be well, because there was yeah. a fight every night yeah. at this yeah. particular yeah. joint. Yeah. It was yeah. something. It was, it was an event. You'd have yahoos from the coast, uh, eastern shore, uh, sorry, or, you know, even from inland. And then you'd have your, uh, usually French sailors, believe it or not, who got booted from downtown Halifax over to there. Dartmouth you, was, uh, Dartmouth, Dartmouth, yeah, Dartmouth, not sorry. Dartmouth. Sorry. Dartmouth. That's like saying Newfoundland. Yes. It's Newfoundland. Gotcha. <laughs> that. So you'd have the third. Hey, Newfoundland, like, understand. I'm on my third gin and tonic. Are you really? I, I, I've, I've never had more than one drink during the yeah. podcast, so I'm, I'm loaded. But I'll tell I you, the, the, the women Allegedly. from Dartmouth, there's a reason why it's called Dartmouth, because oh. they got the most pointed goddamn tongues. Yes. You know, that, that'd be like getting fucked up by a Sudbury. Oh, oh would, easy. You're going to be like me in Port Alberni. I can never go to Port Alberni. Whoa, I just self-edited myself. Look at that. Well, well the, the guy who wanted to go to this country bar yeah. was w- went wearing a yeah. t-shirt that said, this ain't no beer belly, it's a power plant for a sex machine. <laughs> and he was very popular with, oh, with the working no. women in the bar oh, um, no. who were trying to convince him that yes. of all the yeah. wonderful things they could do for him. Right. Yeah. But he didn't even realize that the, the shirt. He didn't even realize he was wearing it. No. That's really funny. So an interesting thing about uh, the Stern Wheeler, much like the old Orchard Park over here, uh, it was a place where sex workers went to die. So uh, you would have, you know, literally, you would have a seven-year-old woman up there dancing on stage when they had the, the oh, burlesque dance. Oh my god! No, no, no! And and, and I, I know where you're going with no. this. Just let me yep. finish. I will. Right, right, right. Everybody knew Sally. Uh huh. Why is it always Sally? Sally uh-huh. ran. No. Name she gave was Caroline. You know, but what's her Mustang Sally? Right, oh, right, so right. it's always Sally. It's always Sally. And, uh, but it was Sally. It was this woman's name. And she'd get up there and shake her stuff. And everyone would throw the dollar bills, the $2 bills, because we had $2 bills back then yeah. at her. You just and dated she, yourself. And she'd be around, uh, well, I think we've dated ourselves <laughs> by a hell of a lot more things than a $2 bill, brother. Think the wrestling memories did it. <laughs> yeah. Man, man, we're talking about Johnny Bauer. We just dated ourselves. <laughs> Uh, you know, so the point is, no one made fun of her, and she needed to make some money, and she also was a waitress there, but she got up there, and, uh, it taught me a lot, again, about body positivity. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier, and I want to get back to this, so yeah. wrestling, that had the superheroes and such. Yeah. We're now seeing heroes of mine, like Kevin Steen, out of Montreal. Yeah. 
uh, you know, he's not the chiseled uh, wrestler that, uh, you know, a go, uh, I don't know, uh, Batista. Okay. Yeah, Dave Batista. Yeah, there Dave you Batista, go. Another, sure. uh, we're talking about wrestlers right. and, or Stone Cold Steve That's Austin. Right. But he's as physical and as brutal and as willing to perform as anybody. So you know he, he you know I'd love to see him and The Rock have a match someday because oh. uh, The Rock's going to come back. You think so? Oh, ratings are down, so they're bringing back some oh. of the old guys just to get some money up. Oh. Uh, you know that that's always and, and that's you a, heard it here first. Oh no, it's going to happen. Trust is, me. What's the, is wrestling real popular these days amongst? You know, well, they want to get people back into the auditoriums. And with COVID and stuff, you know, Vince is going, shit, guys, uh, you know, the company's in trouble. And guys uh, like John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold can't wrestle at the moment. But, oh, yeah, he shouldn't. It doesn't mean he won't. Okay. But these guys are going to come out because they can put asses in the seats. Right. That's the bottom line. And it's always been about putting asses in the seats. Sure. It's no different than movies. Yep. We can love all the art films we want, yep. but unless, you know, there's there's butts in the chairs, yep. it ain't going to work. Yep. That's fact. Yep. Same with wrestling, yep. same with baseball, same with anything. No, except poetry readings. <laughs> there ain't a goddamn thing in the world short of digging up William Burroughs and Allen and bloody well bringing their corpses up there and, and animating them like puppets and playing and recording. That might put some asses right. in the seats. Right. Oh, I think it would. It would. I think it, it would. would. Well, how about an art gallery opening? You know, oh! The only thing, the only reason you got people to them is free wine and food. Yeah, never stop the free wine and food. Yeah. The worst thing, <laughs> if you go to an art gallery opening, is when the artist sees you and asks you about the work. Oh, yeah. it is the worst. Oh, it's absolutely the worst because you just want to like have a beer and yeah. and talk to people. Yeah, you never. And, have, and also as a viewer, you're, you're apt to get you not you may not like the answer you get because right. yeah. I, I have like I have no ability. If someone asks me about the work oh. and I think the work really stinks, I have no ability to find words around that. No, 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 sir. no I, I will say. I'm sorry, but this work really stinks. So terrible. Well, see, now I all of a sudden feel great because you've been kind <laughs> enough to say you enjoy my work. I do. And you're one of the few people in the world that does. No. There you go. <laughs> Not at all. So, yeah, art openings need snacks. They need uh, sorry. Uh, a moose-bouche. And they need booze. Hmm. And then don't go to an art opening and say, how do you feel about and the show? And a lot show? of cocaine. I, a lot of cocaine would help, too. I, yeah. I'll tell you, the best people like art better with cocaine. <laughs> they do like art better with the cocaine. The best art opening. How do you think Warhol became goddamn famous? <laughs> so that's my problem. Yeah. yeah. Gonna have those lines. Gonna that's get the it. rails. Yeah, I just didn't do, never yeah. did any of that stuff, no. so... Yeah. So the best art opening I ever went to, I was an art student I think at the I was time. With you. you met, you might have been. It was a Guido Molinari yep, opening. I was there. It was and, amazing. And he he did a bunch of paintings that were brown stripes as opposed yes. to his usual colored yeah. stripes, right? Yeah. And we went to the gallery. The food. And, and we're looking around, and they had peach cobbler. They had the best hors d'oeuvres. They had so cobbler. much good food there. Oh my and God. we're like art students, and we haven't got any money. Speaking of Yorkville. And, and yeah. so we just were like there to eat all of. Oh my food. God! Yeah, it's so good. All right, you know. Well, what? you know. Uh, no, thing. no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to need to get you to, to quiet down. No, a bit. Okay. no. 
One more I'm thing. not going to quiet down. We have to quiet down. I need more beer. All right. <laughs> Give me a manager right now. Okay. Right now. Yeah. So true. So, so you know, yeah, yeah. we want to promote your um, poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll try and share yeah. a website with yeah. the, our um, listeners. Are you the manager? What's the problem? All right, pal, you're cut off. Get out now or call the cops. What? No. Now. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm.